Hi, everybody. This is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. In today's episode, we're going to continue the theme of nutrition that was started in the previous podcast. That is, we're going to be talking more about tips and tricks for sticking to a nutrition plan and diet long term. This episode will focus specifically on the infamous cheat meal. So we'll be talking about the question of, are cheat meals okay to include in your diet plan? And spoiler alert, spoiler alert yes, they can be, if you know the right tips and tricks. And we'll also talk about how does deviating from your meal plan or cheating on your meal plan or diet cause overall problems. We'll talk about how not knowing or having some type of reliable process for tracking and monitoring what you're eating can ultimately cause you to fall off from your diet and make eating healthy long-term really difficult. And then we'll round out the episode with some recommendations on how you can fit cheat meals into an overall nutrition plan. And we'll also discuss some simple tools and tactics for tracking your dietary intake without creating much friction. And remember, the aim of every podcast is to teach you to eliminate friction, which is the inefficient use of time and energy from all of your exercise and nutrition processes, ultimately to help you build healthy, sustainable habits that will allow you to achieve your goals and live the type of life that you want. So let's jump right in. Okay, the first thing that we should address is the big question. Is it okay to include cheat meals in your overall diet or nutrition plan? Before I start to answer that question, let's define our terms just a little bit. What even is a cheat meal? So assuming that you have a set nutrition plan, meaning that you have a daily target for calorie intake as well as protein, carbohydrates, and fats, a cheat meal would be any nutritional intake that deviates or puts you off from those targets for the day or the week. So if you're aiming to eat 2,000 calories per day, for instance, but on a particular day you splurge and have a cheeseburger that brings your calorie intake for that day to 2,400 calories, that would constitute a cheat meal or a deviation. And I'll use those terms somewhat synonymously in this podcast. There are lots of reasons that you may want or need to deviate from your nutrition plan on a given day. Sometimes it may be by your own choice, such as let's say you wanna attend a family function or you have friends in from out of town and you wanna go out to a nice dinner. Those would be examples of times where deviation occurs due to your own desire, your own choice. And sometimes circumstances may necessitate a deviation. Like if you are out of town on a business trip and the foods or meals that you would normally have access to aren't readily available. So with this background, let's get back to the question. Is it okay to have a cheat meal? The answer to that question isn't just a yes or a no. It may be yes or no depending on your situation and your specific fitness goals and the context of your overall lifestyle. For many people, food is more than just fuel for their body. Food can be a legitimate value. 
that you really enjoy or maybe you enjoy the social component of eating with friends or family or you may value the experience of eating certain foods in certain environments like a cool restaurant setting. So if there are situations where deviating from your nutrition plan is going to be a real value in your life, then a cheat meal can be a rational choice. But you have to look at your fitness goals and then consider how important they are in your life specifically. And then you have to weigh the importance of achieving those goals against the value that you get from having the cheat meal. So here's a simple example. Let's say you have the goal of losing two pounds per week and you have a nutrition plan that's capable of achieving that. And now you're trying to decide if you should have a few, maybe two to three cheat meals on a given weekend. Let's say that those cheat meals will slow down your progress to only being able to lose about one pound per week, but they will still allow you to make some progress towards your goal. If you're okay with that, if you're okay with that slowdown, then the cheat meals might make sense. Or maybe you don't want to slow your progress down that much, so you decide to allow yourself just one cheat meal on the weekend. Regardless, you see the type of thinking and evaluation that needs to be done here. You have to understand where making fitness progress really falls on the hierarchy of all the things that you care about. And this is going to make it much easier to decide when a deviation is right for you and you'll be able to make that decision with confidence. Now let's talk about one of the main reasons why deviating from cheat meals becomes problematic for many people. In a lot of cases, it's not the singular cheat meal that really gets you into trouble. Instead, it's the frequency that you deviate from your meal plan that is really the most important. It depends on your specific nutrition plan. But if you deviate from your plan enough, you reach a point where it eventually becomes impossible to make any progress at all, especially when it comes to body composition and managing body fat levels. The problem is that every time you deviate, you create a little bit of a headwind for yourself. And when you deviate frequently, you create a larger and larger headwind. And at a certain point, that headwind is going to make it impossible to move forward, and it may even push you in the opposite direction. The problem is, how do you know where this breaking point really is, where it will be impossible to make any progress if you don't stick to your nutrition plan more consistently? This dilemma can be a little bit easier when you deviate from your meal plan just once in a while because in that scenario it's easier to figure out how many calories you went over budget in just one instance. Maybe you had one big cheat meal over the course of a week. But calculating the impact of multiple deviations over time can be much more difficult. To really understand the impact that multiple deviations have over time Keeping track of your total calorie and nutritional intake is really the only solution. This is a tough reality because people, especially busy people, just don't have time for traditional calorie counting because it adds too many steps to their already jam-packed daily routine. In other words, manually tracking 
are trying to track all of your calorie and nutritional intake can create a lot of friction that probably isn't going to be sustainable. Let's say you've built a nutrition plan to lose one pound per week and you follow it most of the time, but you do allow yourself to splurge a little bit on most days and you don't keep track of these splurges. You may not think that this is really a big deal, but let's see how this approach pans out over the course of just one week. So let's say on Monday you decide to go to lunch with your boss and that puts you about 500 calories over budget for the day. Then on Tuesday, you treat yourself to an iced coffee with skim milk. Healthy, right? 350 calories over budget. On Wednesday, you share one small ice cream cone with the kids, 400 calories over budget. On Thursday, somebody brings bagels into the office. That's 427 calories over budget. Then on Friday, you have just popcorn and soda at the movies. So that's 750 calories over for the day. And then Saturday, you attend a family barbecue. So you have some barbecue and birthday cake. That puts you 1,100 calories over for the day. And then on Sunday, you stick to your meal plan 100%. So, okay, you had a pretty good week, right? You stuck to your core meal plans, your planned breakfast lunches and dinners most of the time, and you only deviated a little bit on most days of the week. Well, your deviations in this example resulted in an intake of 3,527 extra calories, more than what was budgeted for in your nutrition plan. And it turns out, to lose one pound of fat, you need to reduce your calorie intake by 3,500 calories per week. So these six seemingly innocent deviations over the course of one week completely erased the effort that you put in to sticking to your nutrition plan the rest of the time. And it also negated the help that any burned calories that you get through exercise would have would have given you. I think that this type of scenario, the one that I just described, is really, really typical. And being in this type of circumstance can be really detrimental to motivation because if you are putting forth effort to exercise and eat better and stick to a plan, but you're not getting anywhere, you're not getting the results that you planned on or not getting any results at all, it's going to be difficult to stick to your plan long term. At some point, you're going to give up because the actions that you're putting effort into taking aren't getting you anywhere. So how can you determine when it's okay to deviate from your nutrition plan? How can you know with confidence that saying yes to that bagel at work or dinner with friends won't stop you from making progress towards your fitness goals or your body composition goals? The only way to do this is to have some reliable method of tracking your nutritional intake. Just about everything that you ingest, maybe with the exception of water, has some nutritional and calorie content. If you don't keep track of this intake, then you won't be aware of the headwind that you're creating for yourself relative to the achievement or your ability to achieve your fitness goals. As I said before, most people just don't have the time for traditional calorie counting because it can be a really time-consuming hassle. 
Luckily, tracking your nutritional intake can be a lot easier today than it was in the past thanks to nutrition apps that you can put on your smartphone. If you prefer to write things down and calculate things manually, you can, but I don't think that this is sustainable for most busy people. The first nice thing about nutrition apps is that they allow you to copy and paste previous foods and meals that you've eaten in the past. So if you are sticking to a few core meals most of the time, which is an approach that I am a fan of, logging those core meals into your tracker as long as you've, you've done so in the past, is really easy. You just copy and paste them. It takes about 10 seconds, and you've got your breakfast, lunch, and dinner plugged in for the day. This alone removes about 90% of the friction associated with traditional calorie counting. And when you do have a cheat meal, the nutrition apps are still the best solution for keeping track. Virtually all of them have built-in food libraries, and even allow you to scan barcodes, which means that you can scan or look up just about any type of food imaginable in just a few seconds. Even most restaurant meals can be found in these food libraries. An app will automatically pull in the nutrition information for any food that you select, and assuming that you are accurately inputting your portion sizes, these apps give you a real-time view of your calorie and nutritional intake for that day and the week. So once you've made tracking like this a habit, it becomes much easier to decide when you're actually okay with deviating from your meal plan or having a cheat meal. If, for instance, you're considering eating something outside of your plan, you just have to check your tracker on your smartphone. Then you'll know immediately where you are for that day or that week, and you can decide if you're comfortable with the deviation. This is an infinitely more efficient method of tracking from manually writing everything down or trying to remember everything that you've eaten over time, especially over the course of multiple days. Let's say you get invited to dinner with friends, and before answering them about whether or not you'll go, you check your app in, on your smartphone, which reminds you that you actually had a piece of birthday cake at the office that day and are actually over on your calories. Having this information at your fingertips immediately can make it much easier to decide what you're going to do, what you're comfortable doing. Maybe you decide to stay in that night and stick to your meal plan, or maybe you decide to go to dinner but choose a lighter option. Or maybe you decide to let this particular dinner be a bigger cheat meal, but you commit to sticking to your core meal plan the rest of the week. Again, there is no right or wrong answer necessarily about when it's okay to have one of these cheat meals or deviate from your plan. It's really about what your goals are and the pace at which you're comfortable reaching those goals. When you don't track what you eat, you have no reliable method for really understanding how your recent nutritional and dietary choices are impacting your ability to achieve your goals in the future. So you can think of tracking as a tool for empowerment. It allows you to make an informed nutritional decision based on your goals and your life and what you are comfortable with. 
let's wrap up today's episode and recap the main highlights. First, we talked about whether it's okay or not to have a cheat meal or deviate from your nutrition plan in general. The broad answer is that it depends. If you are aware that a given cheat meal will have a particular impact and you're comfortable with that in relationship to what your goals are, then a cheat meal or deviation can be totally fine. We talked about how the biggest challenge is determining those impacts, especially if you have multiple cheat meals or deviations over time because it's much more difficult to keep track of all those deviations and be cognizant of their total impact on your ability to make progress. In this situation, you are essentially blind to the effect that your nutritional behavior is having on your fitness and ability to achieve your goals, which is likely to cause you to abandon your nutrition plan eventually, especially if you're not having the success that you want. The solution to this problem is to develop a sustainable habit of tracking all your nutritional intake, including calories as well as protein, carbohydrates, and fats. Of course, there are other things that you can track that could be important, but that's a discussion for another time. These are just the basics. The problem is that most people don't have time for this, especially if they try to do it manually. So I recommend using a good nutrition app on your smartphone such as MyFitnessPal, or I use one called Lose It. These apps let you copy and paste the core meals in your plan, which really removes most of the friction that comes with tracking. And the apps make it much easier to automatically look at the nutritional values of other foods when you are considering a cheat meal, for instance. What's really powerful about these apps if they're used properly, is that they become a tool for better decision making that's always in your pocket. If you track accurately, you can quickly open up your app and decide whether or not having a cheat meal makes sense in a given context based on what you've eaten that day, that week, and what you're trying to achieve. So cheat meals are never right or wrong. It's all about your life, your specific goals, and the pace at which you're comfortable making progress. If you don't have a nutrition app, try downloading one this week and give it a try. Try to input the meals that you eat regularly so that you can easily copy and paste them to save time. And also, uh, try to be as accurate as possible when you're entering the portion sizes of your foods and meals in the app. And also, play around with scanning food barcodes and looking things up in the food library features of the app. I'd love to hear from listeners on how this is going. Feel free to send me feedback on your progress or let me know about any challenges that you're having by submitting an email through my website. You can just go to frictionfactorfitness.com and click on the contact tab to send me a message. Thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it valuable, please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may find it helpful. Also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, where you can get access to more content, access my free fitness calculator tools, and download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is launching in March of 2023 and is now available for pre-order. 
Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for future episodes.